entertaining the idea that it's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. When mind entertains the idea it's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, when it takes on the identity in life as a body, you don't know how many ideas, thoughts, and beliefs come with that. It's a huge... It's not huge. It's a very, it's a very complicated, very uh, claustrophobic system. So every time from that point on you entertain anything, you entertain it as a self, which severely limits your ability to entertain. It sets ground rules. You cannot entertain anything other than with time as a major ingredient. So people never get that they're okay now. Their hope is I will be okay later. That's the best they can do in self-centeredness. Yes? You say, hey, you're totally okay now. They're busy enjoying, in a weird way, their unokayness. They're not ready to get out of it, but they want to. The belief is, I will be okay later. If you would stop doing something, or if I would start doing something, somehow there's going to be doing and having that's going to take you from unokayness to okayness. That's the act of playing God, don't you think? To take a sense of okayness, which is a natural state, has nothing to do with time, truly. It really doesn't have anything to do with time. And then thrust it into time and put some distance in it. So now you have to do and have or undo and give up things to get there again. Yes? To get to okayness. It becomes the destination which sets up the idea of a journey. Yeah? And yet most of the journey is spent in its opposite of unokayness, yeah? which drives the seeking and then the, the, big, the big one, the carrot of hope, that I hope it's going to get better. And then now the mind can just riff. It's taken okayness and made it into something that could be had. Probably not because you're a loser deep down, but it could be had if you do the right thing and go to the right place. And maybe if you can secure it long enough, you may have a half hour or an hour of nice points. Yeah. And then the mind takes on the role of this and then journeys towards that destination, all the while living in the mental reality of being unokay. Yes? Why would you seek so much if you felt you were fine? I'm not talking about food, clothing, and shelter. I'm talking about when you're taken care of in this life, why is your mind incessantly seeking? Yeah? Haven't you noticed it? And then with then it has a story about what it means to, to arrive. It's like this mythical idea. But if you ever have arrived at one of your little mental oasis, you immediately are on the camel again taking off. The desert of hope and limited possibilities. Yeah? Haven't you seen it? But the whole story, while you're suffering the heats of the desert of not having what you want and afraid of losing what you got, while you're suffering this whole place, you believe that that oasis is going to be it. Yet how many oases have you come and left? Tons of them. All of them are in the desert of self-centeredness. So here's the mind able to entertain As soon as it entertains that it's this, now every time and every opportunity that it entertains, entertains through the lens of self-centeredness. Yes? And everyone in this room, we have entertained every possibility self-centeredness has to offer. We've looked 
we've looked it through it this way, this way, this way, this way. It's a finite amount of things. Like, I will be saved by a woman is one of them. Oh, money will do it for me, or whatever. When I have a kid, everything will be great in my relationship. Or if I'm only healthy and my neighbors leave me alone, I'll be fine. Oh, if my dog lives as long as I do, everything will be great. Who knows? There's tons of ideas it comes up with, yeah. But there's always requirements and conditions based on your okayness, yeah? And then who who sits and passes judgment about how you're doing? The head, yes? You don't see that as playing God? You don't see that that is playing God. It's a verb that's the whole how and why of the program. It's the verb that needs to be stopped. And you don't stop the verb. All you do is question the noun that the verb implies. Yes? Selfing implies that there's a self. Yeah? When selfing sees seeing, it immediately implies there's a seer. When it hears hearing, there's a hearer. When there's feeling a feeling, there's a feeler. Yes? When it recognizes a body, there's a my body. Someone has the body. Yes? I own this body. This is my body. Thought, my thoughts. Past, my past. Future, my future. You see? There's a claiming. A claiming, a claiming, a claiming. But most insidiously is that it plants nouns everywhere in the story of verbdom. All there is is being. All there is is manifestation. All there is is energy, firing. Can't be created nor destroyed. Nothing can stop it. Yes? And yet, the mental process sticks nouns in there. So now, something happens, and it's, seen, and it's looked as, as it happened to me. When in fact, all it was was something happened. But now, it's seen, and it's interpreted, that it happened to me. Yes? Or something happened that I wanted to happen to me, happens to you. So now I'm fucking pissed that it happened to you. And I'm envious and I'm jealous because I wanted that to happen to me. Yeah? But all there is is verbing. You don't see... The difference between living life is happening and then it's happening to you is night and day. Night and day. Taste it. Try it for a while. See it. Entertain it for a while. If you're entertaining, you're not a long-lasting independent separate I'll tell you, you're going to have a lot of free samples of life is just happening. And it's just a nice way to travel. Much cleaner, not too much baggage, yes? Nothing dragged from the last moment into this moment to find a future storage area for itself, yes? None of this. There's just, there's an economy in it. You get pared down. You get all the unnecessary baloney. And not the stuff that's physical that you see, but the subtler stuff, the thoughts, Yes? and the attachment to feelings, and then the, the, the constant, incessant giving name and form to everything. Oh, man. This playing God is extensive, but in its area, it's very small. The small. It's so small that I can't enforce my God playing on you. I can't. I don't have that much juice, yeah? I can't even, I can't have you see my what's not happening. I can't convince you by taking into my what's not happening so that you would realize why I'm so afraid. You, it, won't, it won't appear to be happening to you. It won't. Yeah? We're on our own little private Idaho all the time. <laughs> the God is a very small God. Yeah? It only has one devotee, which is 
what you would call you. That's the true devotion to it, is the sense of being a you. So before you become devoted or undevoted to it, if there's a feeling of being you, you're a perfect devotee to it already. You may be acting like, oh, I don't want to be a devotee to that. It's already signed, sealed, and delivered. You sense that there's a you that could be devoted or not devoted to it. Yeah? You think that every moment when we hold something in life, we hold it as if there's someone holding it. Yes? In other words, this is the playing out of the contract. You don't have a choice of null and voiding it. <laughs> there's no you to have a choice. You're just the activity of the mental contract of mind being bonded to the idea of being a self. Every time you have a feeling that there's a you, that's, that's the activity of the contract. Yeah? So when you're thinking of breaking the contract, that's signed, sealed, and delivered in the contract. Yeah? And when you're thinking, oh, whatever, I'm going to surrender to the contract, it's already a done deal. You feel there's a you. Yeah? That's it. That's the whole contract. It doesn't matter what happens after that. You can have all your opinions, but they'll be defined by duality. It's that simple. It'll be either yes or no, high or low, close and far, love or hate. You may think you have choice, but your choice is binary. Yes? Either or. That's it. Yeah. But I have choice, yeah? Let's check it out. Either or. Either I go to the store or I don't go to the store. Fuck. Where's the third one? large field of choice. I thought I had a lot more choice. No, there's a lot of objects and situations you can apply the idea of having choice, but the choice is very defined by a binary system. Yes or no? High or low? You go on a trip or don't go on a trip? Buy the sweater, don't buy the sweater. That's it. <laughs> Put it on layaway so you can mind fuck for a few more weeks. And then either buy it or not. But fact, you're always brought to the same thing. Either or, yes or no. This is the condition of mind. When you're identified with one, its activities are expressed in two-ness, yes? Because this oneness isn't the oneness, it's a oneness in two-ness. Without an other, there is no self. The sense of being singular comes from the duplicity of the situation. The only way I feel I'm me, because I see a you. If I didn't see any use, there'd be no way in hell the sense of me would be dominant. Yeah? So the sense of oneness here comes out of duality. It doesn't come out of singularity. It doesn't come out of none without a first. It's produced by duality. The feeling of being you is based on you and other. Yeah? For you to have a sense of being a seer, there must be a scene. There's got to be another object, yes? I get my subjectivity by looking at you, and you get your subjectivity, and I'm saying you, but there isn't, but this is the language, obviously. We're using a sub, you know, objects here are using a subjective language. That's what's happening. Yeah? We're, we're a matching pair of objects, but our language makes it into a subject object, yes? So, one subjectivity is engaged in all the activities here, yes? In all these billions of objects, there's one subjectivity. What happened here, the mental process claimed us to be the subject, and now there's two objects, both of them thinking they're subjects, colliding. <laughs> I'm 
an object to you and you're an object to me. Yes? All day. Now, I may treat someone like an object. Oh, she's just an object to me. <laughs> someone else looks at me, well, he's just an object to me. <laughs> but the whole fact, it's subject, object, subject, object, but it's total duality. It's not subjectivity. Subjectivity is that oneness. I like to say none without a first. I don't believe one, because one implies a two to me. Yeah? But none is a nice way of saying it. None. Yeah? Because it doesn't imply a one, does it? When you say none, it doesn't imply a one. But one implies a two to me, in a way. Because that's how we live here. We live as the one of a pair of two. Yeah? But I'm the subject to every other pair. To my opposite here, I'm the subject always. And yet at the same time, I'm always going to be an object to you. Yes? As the subject. But you're never going to be a subject to me. You're always going to be an object to me. Yeah? I'm going to be the subject. And the same thing for both. So this sense of being one is comprised out of duality. Mind can't escape the system that it's a product of. The conditional mind is split. It sees either or, black and white, yes or no, negative or positive. It can't think outside that box. Yeah? It's impossible. That's why they say self can never get out of self. Because how can a product of a mental process ever transcend the mental process that's making it? It's not made, it's making. It's a verb called selfing. You cannot make a self. It's impossible. There can be a mental appearance that there's a self, but you can never make a self. You can never make a, ver a noun out of a verb. All there is is verbing, yes? Do you think the water that we call a river thinks it's a river? Where was that river last seen? <laughs> well, I saw it this morning. That river, that, if you want to really be precise, is now way down near the fucking Gulf of Mexico, if it's in the Mississippi River. Yeah? Anytime you think you've located something, it has already moved. Yeah? Everything is verbing here. And even the body, you know how many thousands of billions of things are living as you? <laughs> You're comprised, this singular entity has millions of living things going on at the same time. You've got a giant, like, uh, village in your eyebrows. <laughs> Seriously, they're probably at a meeting now about subject and object. They have no idea about this fucking big thing, seemingly. They're having a meeting of spirituality up here. And the left eyebrow doesn't know what the right eyebrow's doing. They're having another meeting up here. Yeah? Never the twain shall meet. And they're probably thinking, there's no other, no, no other thing like we are. There was a book that the guy wrote, uh, Evolution, based on, uh, on, on jellyfish's point of view. So as soon as, as the jellyfish appeared at, in the evolutionary thing, to the jellyfish, everything stopped. It was the crown of creation. And just like we think we are. <laughs> I love how we pass these incredible statements. But as we know, <laughs> no, from, no, no vertical uh, authenticating of the statement. <laughs> God doesn't come and say, yes, you're the God. No. <laughs> it's all fucking made up, isn't it? 
So this feeling of being singular here is because of you. Yes. Me, this sense of being me can only be based on another you. It has to have an opposite. I have to see you to feel like I'm the seer. Yes? So obviously, when the mind got enveloped into this idea, it had to manifest other, yes? So that it could feel like it was the one that was seeing. Yet, in fact, with all every moment that they're seeing in every one of us, it's only one eye that's seeing, yeah? It's a pretty big statement to say it's Nathan. Even though with that eye that there was a seeing when you were a baby before you had any idea of being Nathan. There was something that was already seen before you even came up, or your parents even came up with the name of Nathan. Yeah? That seeing precedes everything else. The seeing, the pure subjectivity, precedes everything. Every experience of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and seeing thoughts is preceded by the seeing of it. Yes? That's it. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is it. The mental process goes, I'm the one who's the seer, which is actually after the fact of the seeing. Yeah? The seeing happens, and then the mental process reacts and says, I'm the seer. And we fall into that sort of like couch, and we kick back, and then we watch the television of a life. Yeah. Here comes Ozzy again, whatever. Eight is enough. Bob was never right for me. Thousand wasn't enough. <laughs> Whatever you're watching, just watching, 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 and just totally trance out. Yeah. Do you have a really actually sense the scene all day? Is it noted? Is it like appreciated? The scene. I mean, the quality of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The bringer of life, really. The producer, the illustrator. The artist of life, how much attention do we have on it? Isn't most of the attention on the mental reaction to that scene, which is, I'm the seer? And then tons of thoughts orbiting around that mental idea, yes? And keeping all our attention and interest in this little gravitational field. So the most thing we can do is our interest and attention can go to an object, but always reflect back on this object as the subject. I'm the one who's thinking this very spiritual thought. I'm the one who did this service. I'm the this, I'm the that, yes? So everything can't escape this little gravitational pull of selfing. It's pulling all the thoughts in and all the feelings in, and it's elongating them in time. Yeah? A thought is meant, its nature is to come and go. But when you sense it, when it's sensed as a you that's thinking it, then that thought is put into time, yeah? Then it's a thought that you've thought many times before, and that thought, its input, its information is about a future. Yeah? So the thought, it's sort of like a fly. You ever see a fly when it's stuck in your room, because all the windows are closed? It'll buzz for two or three days. Yeah? And you hear it all the time. It's driving you crazy. It doesn't want to be in your room, really. There's just no escape. So in this, thoughts come, and they're they're more like asteroids or comets. They fly in and out of our orbit. Yeah? But when you go my, when you set up your little tracking beam, 
and go, this is my thought, I'm the thinker of it, or it's about me, that thought gets pulled into this orbit, and then it orbits around the big Death Star of thought, you, yeah, like Star Wars, and it just goes on and on, and sometimes it orbit can be years and years and years in time, but it usually comes back. Like you think you're, you're done with the resentment, and then years later, it comes back. Others are like this all day, like how I look, and you know, how people are thinking of me as an object, and all this. Those are constantly going on. But some of them, none of them escape this beam, this beam of attention and interest held by the planet Paul. Yes? What I found is, if I'm not that planet Paul, the thoughts in and of themselves show their true nature. They come and go. The wallop they had, it's like you're taking the moon's light yeah, as the moon's. You don't realize it's a reflection of the sun. Use the sun. Your interest and attention is what's giving those objects all that light that it's reflecting on you, maybe blinding you. You believe it's the moon. You believe it's the thought. You believe it's the feeling. But in fact, it isn't. It's what, it's the mind identified as a you. That mind identified as you is now, its attention and interest is tunnel visioned in this little game of self-important loop. Yeah? Every object it meets, a thought, every, the most subtle objects in the world, thoughts, ideas, you can't see them, yes? You can't weigh them, but they're objects to the most grossest thing, yes? Every time there's a contact with any object, the object it acts as a mirror to reflect the you that is in contact with the object. You're constantly under the reinforcement of the bondage to self, yeah? Because of this small little assumption that when there's a feeling, it's me having a feeling. When there's a thought, it's me thinking it. When there was an action, I did that. That little subtle assumption is the bonding mechanism. Yeah? The idea of being connected or not connected, being a self or a non-self, it's any time there's a presentation and thought that implies a thinker, that's the selfing. That's the act of selfing. That's the verb of the mental process. If, you're, if there's a seeing of it, yes? You see it. You see it. But the assumption comes over quickly that it's about me or I'm the thinker. And then the seeing stops and it forms a way of looking. Called self-centeredness, yes? The seeing is always prior to the mental process. And mental processes take time. Conscious contact has, takes absolutely no time. Yes? Boom. But the mental process has to take time because it's about objects. Yes? I have to think about something. I have to have a perception of something. In other words, the information has to come into the object and get moved around and then made into some information. Yeah? That takes time. So the mental process is always after the conscious contact. The conscious contact is the living. I would say that's what you are, is that living. You're not a noun, you're the living. Yeah? Without a beginning or an end, there's no place you started and there's no place you'll end. There's just the living or the being. You're that. Yeah? The mental process wants to make it a noun. 
It wants you to be a solid thing that it can be referenced so that you can be thought about somewhere at some time. That's not now. Yeah? When do you mostly think about you as yourself? You think about you in time. Yes? Even right now, you may be thinking about what you're going to do a little later from now. Your thoughts are always projecting you in time and space. You're always somewhere at some time. Yes? If, you, if there wasn't this fixed reference, that whole uh, addiction of mind would be cut off at the source. It would see what's not happening is not happening. And that would be the end of the story. Yes? It would see that if I go into the world, into the doorway of if only, hell springs up. Or I should have, or what if, or why. All of these are doorways to mental hell. They are. You think you're going to come out there with a, like a jewel of knowledge, all you get is a giant ton of coal. It isn't about knowing here, it's about finding out that you don't know. That's the beauty of it. And the freedom in not knowing. The freedom in not knowing is worth all the knowledge in the world. The freedom of not knowing. Because then your mind in its like virgin state, there's an awareness or it's reflecting conscious contact. And in that reflection, before all the mental process is reflected, but it's not... The reflection is clear because you're not identified as the self, yes? You're not a believer in the being the noun. So you reflect selfing, but it's not distorted, yes? You see it. You see it just like every other verb, because your mind is empty. That's why like a mirror can hold images, because the mirror is inherently empty, yes? There's no pre-image in the mirror. If there was, you wouldn't be able to reflect another mirror. So in a sense, mind is like a mirror, and all its nature is, is to reflect. That's all it does, is reflect. Yes? Right now, it's reflecting things, and it's forgotten. One of the things it's reflecting is this. It's taking itself to be what's seeing everything. Yeah? But in fact, this is a thing that's being reflected. Haven't you ever had that sense that you weren't really located here? That you're somewhere? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not at 407 Shoreline Highway. I'm not here. It's a trick of mind, yes? Everything is reflected. This is reflected. But we believe we're the one that's seeing. So we miss the reflection of this in the awareness. And the awareness right now is reflecting it right where you're sitting. It gets blocked off when you go, I'm, am I the one who's aware? That's it. You're blocking it off immediately. Because now an object takes itself to be the subject, and when it takes itself to be the subject, it can't entertain subjectivity. It can't. Yes? It can only entertain its subjectivity as an experience that it's going to have as a subject. That's not subjectivity. Subjectivity is none without a first. There is no object in subjectivity. Yes? It's all subjectivity. It doesn't become a thing. It can never be seen, but it can be intimated. You can sense it, and there's a presence. You can't sense it, but there's a sense of it, and I call that presence. Yeah. Presence is a nice word. 
even though it's mixed up with past and future, but the present is the closest you can get in language of all there is is now. There's never not a now, yeah? And that in that nowness, there's a presence. Everything else in object is inherently empty. Of what? Presence, yeah? When I become this, I become the presence, and then the presence becomes absent to me. That's why you're here, isn't it? In your life, it's something seems to be absent. It's actually nothing is absent. But it seems to be absent, yes? So while you are looking really hard for it, like it says, what's looking is what you are looking for, but the you, the feeling of being a you that's looking for it, is what blinds you to the what's looking. It's impossible to get what's looking as a you. It is. Yeah? So when you realize I'm not the you, there's no need to get what's looking. It's obvious that all there is is what's looking. It's obvious behind a point of dispute. It's like an unspoken yes. It's just clear. Clear as <laughs> clear as the space in this freaking room. If you look at the space in this room, I'm not talking about the walls, there's the objects, but you can sense the space, yeah? While you're looking, your mind obviously goes to the object. That's what it's. That's where it's looking becomes. Uh, it, it ignites the whole story of a you as soon as it hits an object. Yes, but you can sense the space and feel the seeing, seeing now, here, 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 before it becomes looking at the wall. Yeah, you can sense the seeing before it becomes looking at the wall. You can. That's the presence. The presence is the seed. Yeah. Of what? Nothing. It's like in Zen they call it the, I would say, I don't know what they mean by it, but I like it when they say, well, you're going to see your original face. When mind reflects nothingness, what original face is seen? No thing. Yeah. That's our original face. No thing. No object. Yeah. So in a sense, sitting here, this is just this is more that of me than this is. Yeah. So if someone says, "Well, point yourself out," you can go like this. You can go over here. It doesn't matter. Where do you stop? Do you stop behind your cheekbone? Give me a break. Do you think that I end here? This little thing, or like Jesus says, "The kingdom of heaven is within you." It would be a very skinny kingdom of heaven that was in here. Yeah. There was not much parking or anything. Of course. It, the you it meant, I believe, isn't you as a body, it's you as what you are. So the kingdom of heaven and everything else, and every no-thing is in within that, is within you. If you're all there is, then everything and anything and no-thing is within you. Yeah. Tons of information in this space. Tons of downloadable info. <laughs> in no thing. Tons of it. <laughs> what do you
you going to come with, up with looking at the wall? That it's a wall. <laughs> but if you sense the seeing before it hits into the wall and becomes looking, yeah? Sense that seeing. Oh, it's a lot of downloading. Data that's stored and, dis- and, and uh, encrypted in a different way. Not conceptually. Not ideas. Not old beliefs. None of that. It's a different type. It's almost like fluid, yes? A fluid, like, um, you know something's, you know something's happening, but you don't, it doesn't have any kind of thing you can weigh or, or put a period behind or add up like numbers. It's just something else. It's, you can't put your finger on it. But you'll sense it. It's almost like in in recovery they say, you'll feel a new power flow in. You'll feel a new power flowing, and I'll tell you, you'll realize how empty you were running on the power of self-will. You'll see, you'll really feel how empty and of any juice that was when you start feeling power flowing, yeah? And when you're satisfied, you'll realize most of your seeking will cease, because really what you're looking for is satisfaction, yeah? And you'll never get it as a seeker. Because the seeking in and of itself, if it implies a seeker, it implies dissatisfaction, obviously, yes? There must be something that's not all right with you if they're seeking, yeah? The satisfaction, a lot of the beasts that you think are driving you crazy will chill out if you're just fucking satisfied. But if this goes out... You know, it can write all of its shopping lists and it's never going to bring the goods that you want waiting for. It can't deliver it, yes? I've sent this thing out to shop for me hundreds of times, thousands of times. All right, here's, what's your wish for? Happiness, joy, this freedom? Okay, I'll take care of that. Let's go meet the girl. Fucking <laughs> them up on stalking charges. A couple months later, fucking flipping out. Where's that girl? The source of my happiness is left and she's with my best friend. No! All this craziness. <laughs> it's like going to a library looking for a chainsaw. <laughs> it's not going to find it. <laughs> but in the I don't know, there's a surrender of that. You surrender that. And then you find out. And you know. When, did you ever find out something that you really like to do? Isn't that a revelation when you, you know, other than all the mental stories that you should like certain music because you wear black or something, you know, thousands of things, how it was comprised in our head. Well, type of person that I really am should like this, you know. But when you actually find something and there's a real uh, Elan Vital, you know, a real taste of life from it, isn't that an incredible little revelation? Doesn't it indicate how out to lunch we are? That we don't even know what we like? Remember when you were a kid? I didn't, not, not too much had to, I didn't have to be explained, all right, Paul, we're going to tell you what you like. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? I knew what I liked. I did this. What happened? <laughs> How can you become so disengaged? Yeah. You, see, you know, it didn't ever happen. You thought your whole life you liked horror movies, and then you realized you hated them. What the fuck? You know, you know what I mean? 
I should have wanted this my whole life, and you've been driving yourself crazy because you should want something, but then you finally let yourself off the hook and realize, hey, I don't really want what I want. That was one of the greatest revelations I ever had. I was taking a bath at this lady's house. I was house for her. I was in the bathtub. There was no shower, so you had to use like a bucket. I was just hanging there, and I just started laughing uncontrollably because I realized I didn't want what I wanted. All those years of my mind advertising what I wanted, usually what I didn't have, you know, tons of times, creating all this mental ex- exquisite suffering for the lack of what I really thought I wanted, I realized I didn't want any of it. <laughs> it was so freeing. This is like when you're leaving trusting something that's unreliable and moving over to trusting something that's reliable. Yes? It's almost like plugging into a new modality. You're going to get downloads. You're just a form of expression. There is no solid thing called Natalia. You're just in a form of expression. Some things or no thing is expressing through you. Yeah? If you want to... If there's an identification as a self, there's a very limited amount of what's going to express through you. The possibilities are very limited, very finite, and very crude. And really, really rooted in ignorance. Because they're ignoring the true light, yes? But the same, this same possibility can be expressing exquisite, clear light. There's no requirement either. It's just the, entertaining the possibility I'm not one thing that's defining and blocking everything else out. Yeah? For you to be the star in your world, the world's got to be very small. Yes? For you as a self to be all there is, it's got to be a very small world you live in. If you keep fitting your, the world around you, it's going to be a very small world. But when you give up and fit yourself around the world, you realize what life imagines you to be. It's a lot different than what you think you are. I'm telling you. What life is imagining you to be, it can be a lot different than what you're thinking you are. Yeah? It's right underneath. There's the mental interpretation right above that other life imagining you to be. And yet, you can be blocked off by that because of your interpretation. The mind's interpretation of it as you as a self. And then, all you're really looking for is that, what's looking. But you can't find it as a you, because the you is a product of this mental interpretation. It is not a solid, separate, real thing. It's made up by the mental process, the feeling of being a self. Yes? this now? It's very familiar at our meetings, this sense right now. This is it. <laughs> I've felt this many millions of times. I get a pause breaks, you know, breaks up the story of being you. If you think you have any choice, honor that pause. Stop and honor that. Yeah. Instead of thinking you want to be free, 
which is most people don't. They want to want to be free. If you, that stopping and honoring that is freedom. Yeah? Freedom from all of this. Freedom as a thing. Freedom from a thing. Sometimes a pause occurs, and in that pause, it instantaneously, instantaneously erases everything. How could that possibly be? Because there was nothing there. Yes? If something was real, it would take time to erase. But when it goes like that and disappears, though it seems to be so convincing, all those moments and all those years and months, and yet it's erased in one of those moments in the day, that shows it's in impermanence, yes? It shows its nature, which it comes and goes. It's your feeling of being a continuum that gives it a sense of being real, yes? And the only thing that has felt the, the crowning idea of continuum is a self. The identification with a body. That's the only thing that makes somewhere at some other time relevant to you, is that it's you that was there. And it's, it's the reason that all the fueling of worry comes from you being somewhere at another time called the future, as a body, yes? 
What would happen if you took those bodies out of it? Where would your mind go? Without a body, would there be the idea of a past or a future? Without a body, would there be the idea of a past or a future? Where would the mind go? In fact, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah? It's never gone into the past or the future. It's just an appearance. It's like a sleight of hand. But the sleight of hand seems to work when there's an identification as this. Yes? Because you're convinced you were here a year ago. You're convinced you were in Pittsburgh. How is a timeless uh, invitation be recognized in time? As soon as you see it through the lens of time, you make it a process, right? The mind makes it a process as soon as it sees a timeless solution in the context of time. So a timeless solution is now become something that has to be done or has to be waited for, or I have to purify myself so that I can receive it at a later date. Yes? Who's putting that construction or the constraints on that timeless solution? The timeless solution? Or the identification as an object in time? This is the epitome of playing God. To try to make a timeless solution into a timeless solution that appears in time by a process. couldn't handle it any other way. Yeah, great. Then entertain you, not that you that couldn't handle it any other way. And maybe you won't wait another second. You see it, don't you? Yeah. You see a thought system. Well, how does a thought present you? As a body, yes? If you listen to that thought system, what's the assumption your mind is going to fall under through habit or laziness? That it's a body, yeah? If all day, if the thought system tells every little story, every situation from the point of view of being a body, and and you're devoted to that thought system, I would say your incarnation here will be of a body, yes? As a mental product. What will be hatched as you is the idea of being a body. And it's hard to get out of a body if you think you're a body. It's like self trying to get out of self again. It's an impossibility. That's the good news. The great wisdom is of no escape. You can't escape from something you're not in. It's impossible cannot escape from something you're not in. The solution to any problem is realize it's an imaginary problem. That's the only solution that works. If you apply a solution to an imaginary problem, that problem is real to you. (laughs) It has to be. It has to be. It has to work that way in your head. The head is constructed. It works like binary. It works 1, A to B to C to D to E to F. 
You can see it. It's structured. Very simple. It's like a pinball. It's not even a video game. It's like a pinball thing with the, with the little levers. It's very, very crude. Either or, yes, no, love, hate, close, far, heaven, hell, <laughs> heaven, earth, whatever. That's it. Graphic suck. <laughs> you don't even get a splashy uniform in there. <laughs> so, any questions tonight? The giggling is happening a lot, but I haven't yet. The homelessness hasn't occurred. Maybe it's on my horizon. You know. <laughs> You've got to laugh at this place. <laughs> you know what? When we're afraid of being homeless, it's the meaning our mind gives it. Really. We have never been afraid of anything at all. We have been afraid of the meaning about the thing <laughs> that this thing gave it. <laughs> I'm terrified about my meanings about life. Just see who has an ego. Yeah. There's something that has an ego, right? When you say an ego, it sounds like it's something like a chihuahua or anything that I have. <laughs> this is my chihuahua. It's very rabid, you know. Like that guy's got a big German Shepherd. But it's again, it seems like it's an object, but to our subject, yes. So again, to me, that's the selfing. The selfing is the feeling of being the one who has the ego. Or the one who loses the ego. See, because when there may be a having of an ego and a losing of an ego, but there is never a missing of the selfing. The selfing is appearing in both. It's appearing in the having of the ego and it's appearing in the disappearance of the ego. Yeah? I've been trying to get my ego healthy. I got it on some a good diet right now. <laughs> I have. I got a vitamin E12, and I'm shooting it up once a week. <laughs> I've been taking a lot of self-esteem. <laughs> I think I overdid it on the. I had an self-esteem shake today. It was a little too much, but my ego is getting much healthier. And you know what? I can see that it's it's not talking as much to me anymore. 
But that knee hasn't seemed to have changed. <laughs> I used to blame it was on the ego I wasn't happy, but I think it's what thinks has an ego that's... <laughs> Don't you see the feeling of that? There always seems to be a subject in our lives that has all these other things, like myself is driving me crazy or ego is driving me crazy. But we're never questioning what's being driven crazy. Yeah, maybe that's the pro- that maybe that's the source of craziness. Maybe you know, maybe it just throws upon its idea of craziness on other things. It's sort of like Dracula. Dracula would would uh, join the vampire hunt and kill all the other vampires. But basically, no one would say, hey, you're a vampire. No, what? No, I'm the one who has the ego. Yes, kill the ego. Kill it, kill it. Destroy it. it you will not be happy unless you kill the ego. <laughs> so now you're seeking to kill the ego. What's that? Bondage to self. It's unbelievable. You never can, you're never going to be a you, authentically. It's not going to happen. This is maybe just an opinion of mine. Don't take it to be fact. Hopefully you'll find out. There is no authentic self. Every time it wants to take the act of like, I'm the context and I'm seeing the content, that's also content. As this, as a thought, you are never going to be context. You're something. If a thought is identified with, you're identifying with a something. That something implies you're a something. Yes? That something is never going to be a nothing. It can't become what it already is. It's a recognition, I'm not a something, that's nothing. Yeah? But it's never, but that subtle something that wants to be a nothing, yes? If a something wants to be a nothing, it's going to make nothing something. It's going to make it a concept. It's going to make it a thing it's going to get as a something, and it believes, if I get this something as this something, I'll be a no-thing. That's something. That's content. Yes? Content can't get out of content and be context. There's a recognition I'm not content, that's context. But content can never get out of content and become context. It's not going to happen, my humble opinion. But you can see that you're not the content, that's context. Yeah? You can see what's appearing and seeming to be the voice of a you is just a mental verb. And in that mental verb, there's a tricky little flavor that there's a noun. That I'm the one who's thinking this. I'm the one who's doing this. It's a part of the thought. It's not you having a thought. The feeling of you having a thought is a thought. Is a whole string of thoughts. Yeah? Here's a string of thoughts. It's a verb, yes? The mind says, this is a noun, and this, now this noun is having all this, all of this, on this side is a verb that I'm doing. Yeah? It's a made up. It's mind presenting life in subject object. It's mind partitioning, trying to separate what's inseparable. It can only make it seem to be that way. It can't make it that way. Yeah? So, the verb is, most people, it's like here. We're starting here, and we're thinking, alright, this is where I would start from, and I'm, I'm going to try to see as much as I can from this position, basically, yes? Not realizing that this fixed reference 
causes seeing to be a form of looking. And looking is going to blind you to the seeing. Because when there's looking, there's a you that's looking. Yes? And the you is the blindness to the seeing. This is about a step back, not a step forward, but a back where this is seen. Yeah? And it's not seen from, it's seen. And this is never going to go behind what's seen and be the seer. It's not. This is an object that's being seen by the seer, the eye, right now. Deb is seeing this object. Deb is not Deb. The eye is seeing this object. This is never going to become a subject. It's been seen as an object by the subjectivity. It's being seen right now. Everyone's looking at this object. This is never going to become the subject. Yeah? It's only this, at the same time, I'm an object to the seeing. There's also seeing, because all there is is seeing. And so I'm the subject and you're the object. Yeah? So when there's a seeing happening supposedly through you, you have a feeling you're the seer. When the seeing's coming through this, I have a feeling I'm the seer. But in fact, there's only one I seeing. All there is is seeing. Never ending seeing. Verbing, 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 verbing. We, put, we make this noun, and then you have to become an object to me as a subject. How can you not be? If I'm the subject, you're an object. It's as simple as that. No matter how much I want to get close to you, I'm going to get close to you as an object in most cases. Yes? This will hopefully save you time. I was driven crazy. I had no idea. I was meditating 13 hours a day in Thailand for three fucking weeks having a lousy soup at 8.30 in the morning. I lost 24 pounds. Every day I lost weight. I was like dying, but I thought I was noble and spiritual. It's total bullshit. I was fucking weak and flipped out. Totally. Now I don't give a shit and I'm better off than I ever. <laughs> I have no interest in liberation. None whatsoever. Totally don't give a shit about liberation. It's all baloney to me. Fucking who wants to be liberated? It's crazy. I'm telling you, man. When you get a, you get a noble idea, watch out. You'll be making yourself right and others wrong in such a subtle mind-fucking way. <laughs> You'll think your whole day depends on an hour of meditation, which wasn't even meditation. What was was thinking. <laughs> As a subject-object. All that hour, sitting there. Oh, it was a very good meditation. <laughs> I thought less of me than I did yesterday. Oh, great. Fuck. <laughs> you know what happened? Your nervous system probably got a break. You know, you're sitting there breathing better. But this whole idea of you, how are you going to chisel a you into shape? Yeah, there's no you to be chiseled. It's a phantom. It's like the mental process as it's speeding along, verbing, it lets out like a, a, an exhaust. And it's this little smokish feeling of being a noun. So as the verb of self is going on, this exhaust comes off it, and there's a feeling, as mine, that it's a body. 
that it's the doer, that it's the haver, that it's the one, and it's the one who needs liberation. This and that and this and that. And what does it do but drive itself crazy? Doesn't it? Constant agitation. There's a sense of meditated, which is really cool. Yeah? To me, that's like the sense of presence. It's like something, it's like meditated. Yeah? Could you imagine, if you want to call it concentration, I wouldn't, but that seeing never stops? It never began? Yes? In other words, it's the perfect meditation, really. All there is is seeing. There's no interruption or any pause or any hiccup. All there is is seeing. It's the perfect meditation of all meditations. It's not on an object because there's no object to it. There's just meditation. Yeah. Being of that, you can sense it. To me, it senses, I call it presence. You know, that's what it feels like feels like there's a something here, or a no thing that's here. I can't put my finger on it, but you sense it all day. Yeah? It's available all day. You may not be attuned to it all day, but it's always available. Yeah, it's like, a, it's trapping, let's say. It's not a trap, but it's trapping, yeah? It's trapping attention and interest, yeah. But it's quick, and, it's, and then you get engaged into it, because that's what you're used to. But the great news is, what's always so is beyond quick, because there's no time involved in it, yeah? So it's quick and then quick, yeah? There's something prior to you, beginning. The engine of selfing sometimes has to start up because it gets startled in submission many times during the day. What you are is there while it stops. Yeah? It's prior to you beginning. That's what I really believe you can rest in it because it's beyond this place. I, I can't put it any other way. It's not like a giant yeoman thing you do your mind just finally entertains it in a, in, in a certain way that it just goes ding! And it just resonates. And that mind got a, a flavor of itself. Yeah? And ding! And by its reverberation, it knows itself. Yeah? And so now, it's easier not to be fooled because there's an immunity to that process that takes time. Because the solution is not of time. Yeah? So when if it's not of time, there's no time to build it. There's no time to destroy it. There's nothing that I can do to move away from it. There's nothing I can do to move closer to it. Yes? 
it, it, takes, it makes me, as a doer, in a sense, totally irrelevant. And I find that incredibly refreshing. Not me, but it made something that was going to be vague, and maybe it would happen, maybe it wouldn't, into always available at all times. That's the beauty of it for me. Yeah? It just rings well. I used to share it a lot in AA. I'd say, you know, because we have the concept of, our, you know, higher power of, the, of our own understanding. And I used to believe this one way. And then after years, the closest I could come to it, with the, still with the idea of a higher power, was that it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. Yeah? That's, that just goes right through me. I love it. Because it just takes away all the... Uh, chanciness of it, all it being based on your your merits or or demerits, yes? All of where mind can play God, the whole field of its playing God is removed. Because it's not a, it's not in a field. There's no lines marked in time and space to move up the field and to hit the hit the winning touchdown. It's already the game's already been decided. Yeah. So I like the course it would say we're the dreamer of the dream, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to dream ourselves out of this dream. And when we're dreaming ourselves out of this dream, it's going to get happier. Now, the people that have been coming around for a while, is that true or not? You're on to something. What do, what do we ask for? We have like three meetings a week, three hours. Do you have any meditation protocols? We have obviously no dress call protocol. <laughs> you know, you throw a dollar or two in the basket. I mean, shit. You used to have to have to buy a ticket for India. Fucking, there's tons of asanas, and here a guy who doesn't even speak your language, and, ah, yes, my son, yes. You eat, uh, you know, whatever, chai, something. <laughs> here it is, right the way you can understand it. It's presented to us. And it's working, isn't it, in a sense? If you want to call it a working, you entertain it, and you start traveling lighter. Honor that. So can it happen like that? Can you, and find yourself traveling lighter? Or is it just, is it a conscious thing? Like, you either got it or you don't, is what I figured. It's not really. No, it's not either got it or you don't. <laughs> no, it's not either got it or you don't, because you are it. But here, we're in time, and it can translate in time. Sort of like if, let's say the manifestation takes on the quality of a movie, yes? So let's say in a movie they want something to happen. Do they, you, do they just have it happen all the time? Or does it set up a couple of scenes that look like it builds to a certain point, and then there's a big crescendo and something happens, yes? And then there's the integration of it. This can look any way it wants. You're a sub, this is a subjective experience you're having here. So you're going to have it as if maybe... You're dreaming yourself out of this dream because you're the dreamer and the dream's going to get happier. So it's going to look like, yeah, I'm, starting, I'm traveling lighter. That's only the way it looks. There's nothing that you need to get because you already are that. Is that a trap for me to think that I'm like, improving myself and things are getting lighter? Oh, I'm doing better now. Is that a trap for you? Only if it's a, only if it's a trap for you. I would, you know what? If if you mind fuck when you feel better, fuck it. Just honor the feeling better. <laughs> Seriously, I'm telling you. And I know you a little bit personally. Yes, I would definitely say that. Yes. 
Just if, you know, doing yoga makes you feel better, why think about it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Should I be doing yoga? Is it really me feeling better? Who cares? This to me is all selfing, you know? The interest in how you're doing all day. How about interest in someone else? Maybe do some service, you know? Get out of ones that get out of that stream of selfing. Yeah, that's you know the idea that it's a quantum leap. It can take any appearance it wants. It's being subjectified. It's being made into a movie here. Yes, but in fact, in the quietness, in that, like my friend Zen Mark says, in the the calmness and in the manifestation, they both are encompassed in presence. Yes, presence is always so. Yes. <laughs> it's interesting that uh, people will have the idea of an idea. Like, I, if we look at our this apparatus, like our ears and our eyes, they scientifically have created like uh, scales we can see from infrared to ultraviolet to a certain range. And that's our limitation. We can hear through Hertz certain frequencies, and that's how we think. And the same with every one of us senses. They have specific limitations. The sixth sense, the discriminating mind, also has a limitation. It's dualistic. It has it functions in digitally, opposites. So these are our ranges, and the self uses these ranges consistently with the manifesting continuum of phenomena to create limiting limiting ideas. So those limitations that we're constantly creating, and we think we're interpreting reality, we're in fact limiting reality, because reality is infinitely broader and wider. It's infinity. But we have a a simple limited range inside of infinity. And if if one were to sit back and to develop presence, I think one of the aspects of traveling lighter is that the function of creating constant limitations, many of which, statistically, most are bullshit, fictional, and either been socialized into us, we begin to actually go to the full range of our capacity. And the capacity of the nature of the human mind is to reflect energy. And we can actually participate 